Hello and welcome to the Story X Story podcast, where we discuss exciting stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode six on Sunday, 18th of August. I'm your host and my medical founder, Nigel. Hi, I'm Tazzy and I am a streamer and host and I am the co-host for this podcast. Hello, I'm Gina. I'm a freelance artist and the producer of the show. And we have with us a special guest, Gary Swaby from the Coalition uh, website. Gary, how are you? Hi, uh, it's, it's actually Swaby, but uh, I know it's okay. Don't worry about it because everyone, you know, says oh, Swaby for the first time. So, okay. So I learned but, um, something. What are we like one minute in and I've learned something? <laughs> <laughs> Swaby. But yeah, um, Good to be here. Um, you've always been a great guest on the Co-op podcast, which is um, the the main podcast we do at thecoalition.com. Uh, the Coalition is, you know, video games, news, uh, slash blog, slash review website, uh, where we do a lot of podcasts and coverage about video games and entertainment. Um, and Nigel has always been a great guest on the show, and I love everything you guys do at Maya Mada, so this is a pleasure to be on the show. Cool, and that's the end of the podcast. I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, see you later. Cool. Yeah, see, <laughs> see you guys. Um, no, thanks for that. Um, so, yeah, we've got Gary in to talk about um, stories, and well, actually, before we get into stories, uh, we're going to talk about what's been happening in the Mayamada universe. Nice. So we have um, manga. <laughs> As you know, you may know if you follow my matter. But actually, some people just know us for video games, which I'm okay with. But um, if you're one of those people, we also make manga. And we are making our next manga, Hot Lunch Volume 1. So we launched a Kickstarter early in the year. And we've been writing. Well, I've been writing and an artist has been arting. Um, and we're now at a stage where we're getting through initial sketch pages of the latest comics. So what we're going to do is give the Kickstarter backers sort of the first look, first sneak peek. And then we're going to share that on Patreon uh, and then share a few bits on social media. But the main headline news is we've got a new manga coming and we're aiming for an October release and then a launch at the London Comic Con at the end of October. So super excited for that. Um, and then if you are interested, you can check out the Kickstarter page just for like details um, of the comic, of the story and everything that's coming. Um, just search Hot Lunch Volume 1 on Kickstarter and you'll get all that stuff. Um, aside from that, we are also planning the next Gamepad event. So that is going to come at the end of September. So September 28th at Lambeth Town Hall. And before then, we've been doing smaller sort of pop-up Gamepad events at different youth hubs um, last week. So I was there with Gina. Gina, how did you find it? Yeah, they were they were really interesting actually because it was nice to see it from a perspective of like a very much smaller gamepad. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting like uh, to see the because usually with the bigger gamepads we get like a mix of people, whereas this is more 
focused on sort of younger people and also um, people, uh, young people who are uh, SCND, which is uh, special needs, uh, special education needs and disability. So it was good to be able to offer something for them to get involved with, which, you know, doesn't sort of um, disturb them in any way, but they can come into a safe space and do that. So, yeah, that's something we're going to look at offering at other youth hubs or schools or libraries wherever we can fit so if you're uh, if you're a young person or you work with a youth organization please do get in touch if you're interested um, and for everyone else we have our next gamepad coming up next month uh, it was um interesting to see that even though it was a very different audience or like you know not as big as a mix they were still everyone was really up for smash as always yeah that's like the universal currency yeah. <laughs> it's interesting no matter where you go there will always be drama around smash <laughs> uh, good to see that um and then we have one more announcement uh, to come in terms of events so we are going to be doing a live podcast recording at orbital comics in december so it's the first time we've announced this publicly um we're going to be doing that in celebration of the new comic, Hot Lunch. We're going to be giving people an opportunity to come down uh, to the shop in central London and talk to us about the process, about anything Maya Matter related, and then about just, yeah, what we've been doing with sort of manga and I guess rounding up the year. So has anyone ever done a live podcast recording? No. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, neither have I. So uh, I've been uh, I've been podcasting for like over ten years, and even I haven't done one. And okay. uh, that that would actually make me very nervous to do one live, like, cool. live Thank in you. person. Thanks. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> right, but so no, got... but you'll do a great job, I'm sure. I, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> so we've got until yeah, I think December seventh. We're gonna put it out on our website and newsletter and social media. Um, so we've got until then to yeah figure out exactly how you do this so um but yeah so if you're around or you can get down to orbital comics you can come chat to us get like your copy of the manga signed uh, and just yeah find out what we've been doing and what we've got planned for the next year uh, so yeah that is all the my Madden news for now so we're going to go into the next segment and talk about the stories we've been watching or reading or playing yeah so um i guess we'll start um with you gary what what have you been reading watching or playing recently what has got your interest going uh okay so recently i've actually been reading a ton of manga um and just last night actually i finished the last volume of um death note um and what's up have you watched death note uh, no, I haven't actually watched okay. the anime, and I know that this has been out f for years now. Like, I think it first came out in like two thousand three or two thousand four, but yeah. like, I just never kind of like paid attention to it. <laughs> so I'm kind of slipping for you know like ignoring it <laughs> yeah. for so long. No, but, it's um, fun. I haven't read it, so we're kind yeah. of like yeah. I haven't read pieces. it. I haven't it watched one it of my... or read it. Oh, you need to. You I know, need to it's like that. one of those staple ones that everyone's seen. I'm always just like, I haven't seen it still. It was one of like <laughs> the first few animes that I ever watched. So, mm. yeah. 
<laughs> I feel like it's one of those gateway sort of animes. Like that was usually a lot of people's first animes or mangas back in the day. Mm. Mm, yeah, it's definitely like one of the most intense things I've ever read because um, I just like the whole aspect of like you know this this young seemingly innocent teenager gets this mysterious notebook that allows him to write people's name down and you know they end up dead. Um, that's that's a lot of power for a person to have and yeah. just seeing how it changes him and like I, I like the gray area the whole gray area of like is he actually a bad guy because you know he he's just killing criminals basically so you could actually like make a case that he's doing the right thing but there are certain points where he kind of crosses the line and you start to see that you know he is actually kind of a bad person so mm. I, I just like the depth of the story itself and, you know, um, the gray area with the main character and stuff and the whole investigation and, and you know, the team trying to, to find out who's doing the killings. That gets very intense as well because there's a lot of close calls yeah. throughout yeah. The, the series. It has a lot of layers to it, right? Like there's so many different, like, s- storytelling aspects going on in that and there's yeah. so many reasons that someone could like that story like i just i love so many so much of it and the characters are so i think they're so well made <laughs> yeah they're very well done they were all kind of unique in their own way which is what i liked yeah um, awesome is there anything else you've been um so the other manga i've been reading there's one called monster and um this is actually like a it's more of a drama slash mystery kind of manga and it's about this surgeon um you know he's a he's a very uh respected um and a very talented surgeon and basically uh when this young boy gets kind of um shot in the head he saves his life um you know he removes the bullet without doing any more damage and everything and then 10 years later uh, the surgeon is kind of framed for for murder, and yeah, basically the the surgeon who's called Doctor Tenma, he has to figure out you know why this person is framing him, and uh, basically the the story, the backstory behind this person, um, and you know it's the same person that he saved ten years prior, so um, yeah, it's a lot of psychological stuff going on in in, in the story. It's very deep um and yeah it's kind of dark and twisted at the same time um i kind of like fiction that's dark and twisted um, <laughs> I, I don't know if that says anything about me but it probably but, yeah. does <laughs> don't know what but yeah but yeah um i'm quite enjoying that um and also uh, another one i've been reading is gangster cursed and uh this is actually like a prequel to a series called gangster just gangster um and gangster cursed is basically about uh this this young guy who's kind of battling with uh the moral aspect behind uh murder because there's this there's this subsection of entities living in the world called twilights and they're essentially monsters but they're disguised as humans and there's this group of people that feel like they they need to kill 
these twilights like they need to murder them and kill them on site because they are monsters um and you know the the main character he's kind of been told that he should you know kill them and murder him murder them whenever he sees them but he's kind of just having this whole moral battle you know this psychological battle with is this morally correct like should i be doing this kind of thing because the twilights never actually fight back they just kind of like uh they you know they kind of plead for their lives when when he's murdering them so yeah another dark twisted story though but... yeah <laughs> there's a theme everything. going on there oh, heavy stuff that actually sounds yeah. really good i'm gonna have to put that on my list i think that's my favorite thing about doing this podcast is like oh there's a like a story that i need to consume in whatever way it is but that, yeah. oh, that sounds great i love it i'm loving the dark theme it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i don't know if i just like randomly picked the most dark mangas like randomly but um what i'm finding and what i'm loving is that you know it's because i've read comics and graphic novels for years but I'm kind of loving this kind of deep and dark, gritty side of storytelling. Um, and I've, I've found that since I've been reading these three stories, like I'm really falling in love with that style. And I love the art style as well of manga. So um, it's kind of like my new passion now. Sort of <laughs> so. cool. That's great. And I definitely have to try out some some of the Mayamada ones. Um, I already own one and I did uh, donate oh, cool. to, the, to the Kickstarter. So... I can't oh, wait right. to, to get into your stuff as well. Fantastic. Which ones do you own? Or which one? Um, I think it was the, the first hot lunch. First. Ah, cool. Yeah. Ah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, definitely um, see where the rest of the story goes with that. Yeah. I haven't read it yet, but I, I'll yeah. definitely make it a priority now. Okay. It's not going to be that dark, though, just so, <laughs> so you're just to warn you yeah. now. Like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone that deep into... <laughs> in, <laughs> No moral it. dilemmas about murder it, in there? <laughs> it's not murder. It's some moral dilemmas. It's just definitely not murder. <laughs> uh, it, it'll be good to read something a bit more lighthearted. Light. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right, I'm going to jump into what I've been watching. Um, I, I guess the first one's kind of a bit dark. <laughs> um, Keep the theme going. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, I recently binged Seven Seeds. Um, I've done a lot of Netflix binging. <laughs> like I said last last time, um, due to moving, it's like I've not really been doing much other than watching Netflix while I unpack. Um, but yeah, so Seven Seeds is, I mean, it's kind of a dark theme. Uh, basically, you're following um, several groups of like teenagers, um, and they've been put to sleep uh, unknowingly uh, into, was it Cairo sleep? Is that what it's called? Cryo. Cryo. Oh, cryo uh, sleep. Yeah, the one where yeah. you're frozen, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I, can, I always get it mixed up. Um, but yeah, uh, completely against their will. They have no idea that this happened to them. They just suddenly wake up and they're in the future. Uh, but... Uh, the world is not as they know it. A giant meteorite has hit the earth and uh, it's destroyed everything, you know? <laughs> so uh, so you start off and you follow one team and um, they're actually 
Uh, the idea is that all the teams have like been picked, all the kids in these teams have been picked um, because they have something to offer uh, in the future. Um, but this one team is kind of like, they have nothing special about them. Uh, they have like no particularly appealing skills or um, anything to sort of bring to the new world. But the idea was that they have, they wanted to kind of try and give humankind the best chance. So there's like, let's throw some curveballs in here because we have no idea what the future is going to hold um, and how like any of these kids are going to react. So maybe let's not have all amazing kids there. Um, but there's also one team that did know that this was happening to them um, and they were literally bred <laughs> for this specific task. Um, wow. So they didn't have normal childhoods. They were from birth trained um and went through like really dark grueling tasks like and the final their final test basically every other kid in this that grew up in this like kid factory i guess <laughs> has died <laughs> uh and a lot the seven remaining get to be frozen and taken to the future um but it does get really dark you find out uh this is the thing I can't really tell you without spoiling it um, oh, okay. and I don't want to spoil things for anyone that wants to watch it yeah um, no, kind of you sold me but there are some really uh, big twists but it's like it leaves you as well just hanging like at the end of this uh, season it's just hanging so I'm like do I just read the manga instead <laughs> <laughs> and like not be sitting here like waiting to find out what happens next um, but yeah you kind of follow their journey and there's like one um guy that you meet at the beginning who's uh like basically his whole world revolved around his girlfriend like he was very much in love with his girlfriend and suddenly he's here in the future without her uh, but he has a book um that is like a two-part book um like two-part series and that's with him and he's it just reminds him more of her and he's like oh my god she must be alive i need to find her um so you're kind of following him and does like is she in the future i don't know you'll have to watch it to find out but no it's really good um <laughs> it is it is really good uh yeah but boy it just i was gripped i was absolutely gripped um and the other one i've been watched well binged was uh grand blue fantasy which is based on a video game and i didn't know this going into it I just was like, oh, it looks all right. Let me put that on. Um, but you do get a very video game vibe from the beginning. Um, and I was like, is this based on like an RPG or something? <laughs> um, and it is. <laughs> uh, but you're following a guy called Gran, um, who, and it's like in this futuristic world, I guess, kind of futuristic, in a fantasy world. And, um, oh, like he wants to go off he's like living with his friend i guess in this village and this girl falls from the sky in a crash and he finds her and helps her because the the big like army people are like trying to catch her and then you meet this warrior that was freeing her because she's been in captivity her whole life because she has a special power <laughs> and um yeah but like grand's just this like hero type that just wants to go and save everyone and and he wants to go on a big adventure and find his dad in this like far off mystical world that maybe it doesn't really exist we don't know um 
Yeah, but no, I really love it as well. Did you um play the game? I did not play the game. Well, actually, I went online and looked up and found the mobile one, and I started it. I was like, but it's literally the story. Oh. <laughs> so I got bored really quickly. I was like, because I've just watched it, um, and it followed followed what I was had played quite closely. So I was like, uh, I'm I'm supposed to be unpacking. Like, I can't really. <laughs> featured in playing the game um but no yeah i've really been enjoying that Neither so if, so if oh, you sorry. watched the anime then um the game is pretty much spoiled for you um is that, is that the case yeah i think so i also didn't like have time to be playing games that's why i was binging netflix <laughs> um because oh. i was like moving and had a lot of stuff to do um so i don't know at that point it was like i'm not really i don't really have the time to sit down and i'm know this story it was following it so closely that it was like literally uh and it's not, also not the kind of game that i'm into so yeah so you definitely recommend the anime over the game i don't know it depends what you're in like if you're into um turn-based rpgs then the game will probably be quite fun um but for me like in anime form it was great I don't know maybe both would be good depends what you're into I guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah Nigel what have you been consuming story wise Uh, so I have been consuming the Lion King I I took the plunge and watched it so just for context the original Lion King uh, number one Disney film Number two is Aladdin. I didn't watch Aladdin because I was scared. Just, <laughs> Aladdin yeah, was so was just, good. Really? Okay, because yeah. I, I, I remember you saying actually, but I still, I couldn't, cause I didn't want to be disappointed. But because Lion King was, is number one, I just had to go see it. And has everyone seen it? I've not seen it yet. Oh, no, I've, I haven't yeah. either. I haven't but, seen it. But you've seen the, the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I can recite that. It's, it's childhood. <laughs> Um, going but um yeah so i mean it's just the original with nicer graphics but i mean i enjoyed it i I felt like when i came out of uh, the cinema like i enjoyed it but then as i started thinking about it i wondered did i did i enjoy it because it reminded me of the original and i did find myself at certain points going oh yeah and this is when this happens and this is when that happens so then i had to think about it as a film in of itself and i don't know i'm not i wasn't so convinced when i when i looked at it as own because even though it looks great like visually it's yeah just fantastic and the, the animation uh team uh, at disney just done a great job um however i did feel that it it took away a lot of the expression and emotion mm. of the I characters of the story complaining about that actually yeah and and because of that, it meant that a lot was riding on the voice actors and not all of them were able to kind of like step up and, and fill that gap um, in, yeah, as you'd expect. So I think Timon and Pumbaa uh, were great. Uh, yeah, they they kind of, I think they were the best of the bunch. Um, Beyonce, as talented as she is, maybe voice acting is not for her. Um, so same with, I mean, yeah, she was probably at 
the other end of the scale. If you've got Timon and Pumbaa, um, Nala at the other end of the scale. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know what it was? So, and I, I, I thought about this. I was like thinking about the original Aladdin and you had Robin Williams do such a great job with such Genie. Job. Yeah. And it was such a great job that you, it didn't take you out of the experience hearing Robin Williams because they made the character for him. And obviously as a comedian, he's just like the voice acting I guess came more naturally and it was just like the character was genie whereas here i'm just hearing beyonce i'm not hearing mm. the character yeah uh, that makes yeah. sense yeah same with adult simba so uh donald glover uh, same I, I just heard his voice and not like the character um mm. james l jones is just james l jones so you know he's just just amazing um but then yeah there's just certain things when you compare it, and you have to when you compare it with the original just that was lacking and it, and i left thinking i'd seen like a copy of the original mm. rather than the <laughs> story so it's not sounding very good is it <laughs> no, but do you know what what you're voicing is like exactly one of the like when it was announced i was like okay i get making live actions of like animations that have real people but the lion king i'm like it's just a hasty remake really yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it's already like, it's not they call it live action but it's not live action because no nothing live <laughs> about yeah. it <laughs> it's not real lions is it so um but yeah i'm just like can you and then because i watched aladdin and aladdin is so well done it doesn't it doesn't feel like how you're describing Lion King feels like at all. Okay. It feels like a good film in of itself, but also like, you know, like with some sort of head nods to the original animation. And so Lion King, I think I'm just going to wait until I happen to watch it. Yeah. Like, I ain't going to go to the yeah, cinema. Same <laughs> <laughs> it can wait. It sounds like... I'm gonna be disappointed if I go to the cinema. Yeah, and watch. but did if I just like out, um, some of the songs as well, like from the original one, did they get rid of "Be Prepared"? I heard. No, they changed "Be Prepared," so it wasn't as yeah. grand. Um, oh, see, that's yeah. a shame, really, because that was I... such a good song. <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, and it's a good, good life lesson as well. But um, yeah, they didn't <laughs> quite, yeah, get it in there as uh, as the original. I mean, uh, yeah, the other songs were were there, but again, I, I think just because of the, the the expressions was lost, so the the emotion and thing didn't quite come through, and there was no Timon in a grass hula skirt. So oh what? Uh, well, it's not yeah, worth yeah, seeing. Surely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Who just, are, even know. are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Lion King? Don't want to know. Yeah. No. So there it is Lion King. See it if you want. If not, just just go see the original. That's my yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know I have listened to some of the soundtrack for it, and I've got to say, I wasn't that impressed. So really, yeah. okay, <laughs> well, that, that's, that's that. Um, so well, <laughs> so other than that, I've been. Um, oh, so I just got into volume six of Deadly Class, which is a comic uh, written by Rick Remender, uh, who I've mentioned. I think I mentioned it in the last podcast. A story that I'm really into. It's. Um, well, I mean, without going into this particular volume uh, and potentially spoiling it for people, uh, I can just say the general kind of um, premise is you've got this kid, Marcus. I'm not going to say his last name because I've already butchered one last name uh, today. 
Um, <laughs> but he is, um, it's all set in the 80s and he's this homeless kid who gets drafted into a school for assassins, um, which in itself is just an interesting premise. But it's quite, it's quite dark in a sense that he... I already love it. Yeah, so he goes from living on the streets um to this yeah school of assassins run by master lin um and the whole school is just made up of like child basically children of like mob bosses and just just bad people murderers yakuza um and they've all been sent there to learn the trade of their parents um except for marcus who's just like this guy's parents have been uh, killed, um, which is partly why he's homeless. So, and the whole thing I like about it is that just Marcus is a guy who, for whatever reason, he just he, things go wrong, and he just sometimes it's it's his own fault. He just makes bad decisions. Um, sometimes it's circumstances around him, but there's just something about him which just <laughs> leads to the wrong decision, and then you see the fallout from that. And then you also see the um, the other students how they're coping uh, and dealing. So it's about the relationships um, in the school. It's about uh, Marcus as well, and yeah, it's just a really interesting premise and a really good story. Very dynamic. The illustration, um, like the way the panels are laid out, is very dynamic. Um, yeah, it's just good. I really recommend it. Uh, and then the other one I've been so watching, uh, I actually started watching Russian Doll, which had been recommended, but given that we're going to talk about another um, sort of film that is based on like a sort of that time loop premise, I thought I'd start watching Russian Doll. So I've only seen two episodes, uh, so I can't even, couldn't even spoil the story if I wanted to, but <laughs> it's just about this uh, woman, Nadia, who is at her birthday party, I think it's her 36th birthday party. And she's basically repeating that same night because she dies. And when she dies, she goes back to the party and to, she starts off in like the, the bathroom of her friend's apartment who's throwing her this party. Um, and she's trying to figure out what's happening to her and why she keeps dying and reliving the same uh, day. So it's a really interesting premise. And that is all I know for now because I've only seen two episodes. Oh, that sounds that interesting. Sounds good, yeah. It sounds too intense. It is, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, There's a lot is. of like time loop themed things happening in gaming as well, um, which I'm excited about. There was that game that was at, um, oh, what is this? At E3, where the guy, it was just like a top down thing. Oh, I know what you're And he's like, got to like save his wife or something there's someone at the door yeah, was it 12 minutes yes yeah that, that one and yeah. i'm like oh my god i need to play yeah. that game it looks crazy <laughs> yeah that's true actually time loop is making a comeback it is. or did it ever go anywhere i don't know but hmm yeah actually i'm gonna have to keep an eye on that i remember seeing that at e3 and just was instantly hooked just because it looked different and then i yeah. found out what the premise was and I'm like okay let's see how this kind of works out and yeah. I guess that's the same with Russian Doll and um, Edge of Tomorrow, which we're going to talk about. It's just you, you're just immediately like, oh, let's see how this works out. They're going to restart the, the same day. Yeah, what? Where did it go from there? Mm. Um, so yeah, that's what uh, I've been watching and reading and contemplating, uh, especially in Lion King, uh, contemplating <laughs> about. 
So, yeah, I guess um, we'll go into the main discussion and talk about the edge of tomorrow. So, yeah, this is a film that I, so I'm going to be honest, I, I missed it when it came out. And when we were going to do the, when we decided we were going to do the podcast, I actually, um, for some reason in my mind, I thought it was Elysium with Matt Damon. Um, I thought it was that film, um, which I have seen, but yeah. So yeah, I just completely, this film, like, yeah, just completely like took me by surprise. Um, so yeah, we're going to get into Edge of Tomorrow, which has been directed by Doug Lehman and, as always, spoiler alert, if you have not seen the film, rewind time, go back, uh, watch it. Um, or if you just don't mind spoilers, yeah, just keep listening. So I'm going to do a recap of the story. But before we do that, I just want to get everyone's just quick take um, or overall impressions of the film. And then we'll get into the discussion. So what did you guys think? Um, I literally just watched it today. <laughs> <laughs> Fresh. Um, yeah, it's super fresh. I really enjoyed it. I was surprised <laughs> that okay. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah. And it started out like uh, I, I was really unsure about it even after it started, and I like was really hating Tom Hanks's character. Like, oh, Tom my Cruise. first. Or did you just hate Tom? Tom Hanks sorry, too? Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> It's because I was talking about Tom Hanks earlier. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tom Cruise's character. Um, really hated him from the start. And then learned to like him eventually. I guess as he evolved as a human. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. became a better human. Uh, I liked the new version. Um, but, and then like how it sort of just developed and then ended. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> and I was really like, when the whole time loop thing started, I didn't know that was the premise of the film going into it. I literally went into it completely blind, um, which I do like to do with films. Um, and I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what just happened? So I really felt connected. Um, what, was it, what was this character's name again? Cage. Cage, um, yeah, yeah, that's Cage. it. Um, like, I really felt connected to Cage because I was going through the experience with oh, him. Right. Like, so what is going on? What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> um, which was cool. That felt good. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed it. What did you think, Gary? Yeah, I was actually quite surprised by it, um, considering, you know, I knew nothing about it going into it. Um, I literally watched it, you know, because you recommended it and stuff. Um, and I knew nothing and about I it. I was film, so I was, don't know Surprise how I could talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was good, though. Like, I ended up really, really liking it. Um, it reminded me a lot of um, a movie from the 90s called uh, Groundhog Day. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, yeah. Um, Bill Murray. Time Loop. Um, yeah. yeah. Film. Yeah, exactly. So th this was kind of like, a mix of that but with like a sci-fi action take mm -hmm. um so i liked that um i liked seeing how cage evolved through the story um i totally didn't expect him to to be a rookie at the start um mm -hmm. i thought like yeah. i thought the movie was going to start and he was going to be a battle ready you know action hero kind of thing but um he was like a very um 
uh, rook. Basically, uh, I was going to say a bad word, but I kind of, kind of. <laughs> but um, yeah, he was a very um, inexperienced person. So, so yeah. Um, okay. It was very good to, to to follow his progression through the film and see him change by the end of it. But I, I guess we'll get more into it in the spoiler section. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm, I'm going to round off the "I was surprised" um, sentiment <laughs> that's going around because I, first of all, like I said thought it was a completely wrong film um so i was surprised by that but then also just definitely by the end well not even by the end just fairly early on i was you know sometimes you you sit down to watch something you're kind of like half paying attention because maybe you're checking social media or or text or whatever um Mm -hmm. and there was a point i think when it did when things did reset um early on where i was kind of like oh and I'm, it had my attention, uh, and I was just with it, like, throughout. So I was, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was really good, and I was surprised that, but yeah, it didn't get much sort of attention at the time it came out. So I think we're all surprised in a, in a positive way by this film. So we'll get into it, but what I'll do first is just recap the film for people who need a little refresher. Um, and then we'll talk about what we liked and maybe what we didn't like or what could have been better or anything like that. Uh, so we have um, story for Edge of Tomorrow is aliens known as mimics have conquered Europe and a global military alliance known as the United Defense Force or UDF is fighting back and achieves a victory using a new mech-like suit technology. Major William Cage of the UDF Media Relations Department is ordered to join a massive invasion in France. Having no prior combat experience, Cage objects but is arrested and sent to a military base at Heathrow Airport. Stripped of his rank, Cage is forced to take part in the operation as part of the misfit J-Squad. The invasion is a failure and J-Squad are killed. Cage himself dies when he is dissolved by the blood of a mimic alpha. Cage wakes back up in Heathrow and relieves the previous morning. His attempts to warn J-Squad about the mission failure are ignored, and he repeats the loop of dying and waking at Heathrow again and again, becoming more skilled each time. During one loop, Cage meets Sergeant Rita Vitaski, who tells him to find her when he wakes up. Cage finds Vitaski, who takes him to Dr. Carter. They tell Cage that the mimics are being led by an Omega, and that Alpha's blood has given him the power to relive the day when killed. They believe they can find, if they can find and kill the Omega, they can win the war. Vitaski trains Cage in combat over many loops, but growing frustrated, Cage escapes to London, only to discover the Mimics will attack there next. He then has a vision of the Omega hiding in Germany, but it turns out to be a trap and an attempt to strip him of his ability to reset time. Cage and Vitaski discover the Omega's true location is under the Louvre in Paris. But Cage is arrested and seriously injured, waking to find he has been given a blood transfusion and lost the ability to reset the day. After escaping, the pair rec- recruit J-Squad to help them get to Paris in a stolen aircraft. In the fight with the Mimics, half of J-Squad are killed. An Alpha kills Vitaski and mortally wounds Cage, but he manages to drop grenades and kill the o- Omega. Now dying, Cage floats into the Omega's blood. He awakens to news that mimic activity has stopped following a mysterious energy surge in Paris. Cage finds Vitaski, 
who greets him as coldly as she did when they first met the end so what did you think or what were some of your favorite moments in the film gary what were anything that stood out to you in particular um so i liked seeing all the different ways that um he died throughout uh and you know there was a lot of like humor mixed in there which was cool uh, I guess yeah. my my favorite death is probably when he's doing the push-ups and he tries to roll under the, oh, yeah. the truck and then <laughs> yeah. he just gets squished. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Um, I also like when um, sometimes Rita would just like randomly shoot him to reset. Like it's, oh, it's kind of yeah. like a it's kind of like a video game reset code. Just shoot, yeah, really shoot cold, cage and then start over. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean. I just love seeing the growth because one of the biggest things in storytelling is showing a character's growth. And um, I guess this movie kind of had a cheat code because, you know, you're, you're, there's no way you can miss his growth because you're, you're physically, you know, seeing him go back and redo each day or whatever. And yeah, you know, he's you see him learns. Exactly. Yeah. He's learning. He's doing things in a different way. And it's not, it's not just that because, you know, at first it appears that, you know, he, when he gets back into the battle, he knows what the aliens are going to do already. So he just moves out the way or he moves somebody else out the way who's about to die or something. So at first he's just doing that. But then eventually he actually starts to fight like a seasoned, um, you know, uh, combat mech guy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I, I just like seeing that where, you know, he, it, it got to the parts where he hasn't actually lived this this part yet and he was still ready for the action kind of thing like his experience kind of showed at that point so showing that was was amazing to me um yeah and, he kind of went from knowing the path to actually becoming a better fighter and a better person mm -hmm. like as he said exactly yeah and i just liked a lot of the banter i like um I like how they switched up the tone of the film a lot. So, you know, there was serious moments. There were there was like fun banter as well. Um, I think they just did a great job, you know, contrasting the different emotions throughout the film. Um, and they didn't go, you know, super deep with like the romance element, but it, it was subtle, but it definitely worked. Mm. So um, I just liked that it was a, a cool laid back um you know sci-fi action movie that you could watch it wasn't convoluted with a lot of like you know scientific um you know jargon and stuff like it's just an easy watch my only gripe is that i i think the the final battle was uh, a bit lackluster in my opinion okay but um besides that it was a good film yeah How about tazzy what did you think Similarly, I have like not much that I don't like about this film. Which is... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and a lot of my favorite moments are the same. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely like the repeated deaths. And um, just every time he gets shot, like he's in training and it's like, oh, have you hurt yourself? Is, is yeah, that a broken like, leg no, no, I see? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And no, 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 I'm fine. Um, I do question why he's like running away from it. It's like, you just die, you start again, it's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. All that stuff again. At some point, yeah. it's got to get tiring. I suppose, yeah. Uh, but he knows he knows how it's going to go, you know. He can just get, get there much quicker. Um, but, yeah. Um, but just in general, like, this, get, this um, film is 
much like a game. It feels like you're watching someone play a game. Um, and it reminds me a lot of Halo as well. Um, just the... But like yeah, a, I get that. Uh, early, earlier on part of Halo, if that makes sense. Like before you, before Halo is set. <laughs> like in the like, first game. Um, so no, as in like before the time period that Halo is set, it's like this oh, movie okay. is, you know, before Halo is set, any of yeah. in Halo is set, um, like very early on, um, mechs and stuff like designs for super soldiers. Um, even there is like a, a statue of a mech in the, uh, in the British Mad Eye Moody. <laughs> Guy, I don't know the actor's name. Um, um, in his office, there's like the statue, um, and I was like, "Huh, oh, look, it's a Spartan." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember. That. I can't remember his name either. Um, but yeah, ah, oh, there's like just so many good moments in that film. The comedy is just so much, and the the lady, she's just so badass. Just the moment she's he meets her. I mean, every moment that he meets her for the first time. Yeah, every, yeah. And she's just doing yoga and she just looks at him. It's like, who told me you could speak to me? Yeah, yeah she does have that look. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my God, she's just so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be that badass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think by one real big gripe with, with this film is when they do find out the location. Um I'm like, at that point, I'm like, just reset there and just start again, knowing that point, like the small bit of, like you're trying to escape right now. This is complicated. If you just shoot yourself now, restart the day, uh, then you can just go straight to them and say, I've got the location. We figured it out. We used the thing. Um, let's just go for it. <laughs> wasn't at the point they knew the real location didn't he lose the ability to reset time yeah, yeah but, he knew, but if he just shot himself straight away there's like there's a there's a point like i'm like oh, okay now okay. shoot yourself but then he they don't he doesn't and then yeah. he gets then he get to the accident and then yeah okay he loses the ability but if he just shot himself that would have been an issue uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. and we could have still just had a great battle yeah and, yeah i feel like but they, I guess they just had to make it dramatic and make him lose his ability. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I guess that's one of the things. When I was, because she explained, um, when Emily Blunt um, explained how she lost it, she kind of knew at some point. It was going to happen. Yeah, he's going to have to lose uh, yeah. this power. But actually, you touched on something just earlier about the, the whole video game thing, because this hit me as I was watching it. This is a video game. Film. Yeah. I, watched, I didn't even realise I'm... I'm literally watching someone play a video game, die, learn the roots and everything, get better at the game, is, yeah, is this actually the best video game film that <laughs> no one knew about? Maybe, yeah. You, you know what, this this is actually me playing Dark Souls, because I die all the <laughs> oh time. <my> <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that's just anyone playing Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's so... Like, yeah, like I say with Halo, um, I mean, I did die a lot in Halo. You kind of reset, but in a way, in a but in a good way. Like it's a video game film because 
it made me think of um jumanji like the new one um mm. with the rock and kevin hart yeah um, and how that is a video game uh film but in more of a comical kind of parody way mm. where as edge of tomorrow like truly feels like i'm watching someone play a video game so it, it kind of made me think why haven't we had better video game films yeah it's really weird because yeah. it's like it's like they're able to make good video game films that aren't actually based on video games but yeah. like when it comes to making a movie that's based on a video game they always mess it up somehow yeah, yeah. Right? and it's like because there's there's a lot of anime that is based either on an existing video game that's pretty good or based on like a made-up video game for that anime and they're all really good but film sucks can't do it. <laughs> why yes. these stories can be told in for film form like clearly because they're being but so why is it why are they so bad at it <laughs> when it comes to making a film for a, a video game that exists already it's like history it's the you know it's the pyramids. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's just, we don't know how. We don't know why. Like, just, what is this? What's going on? Come on, people, get it together. <laughs> um, I think for uh, for me watching it, some of my uh, favorite moments were definitely just seeing the different ways that Tom Cruise uh, died. And I guess if you start off not liking Tom Cruise, and that's extra uh, enjoyment seeing that. Um, but I feel like some of my other favorite moments in the film actually came from, like Gary was saying, the times where he went beyond just knowing what's going to happen and navigating that to actually becoming, I guess, more of a character where he's he's grown as a character. So, uh, for example, when they get to that helicopter and they're in or actually just before the helicopter but they're in that is it like a barn um oh yeah like yeah but oh, yeah. Yeah. they yeah they think is the uh the omega and they stop off in the barn and, he, and uh tom cruise's character is kind of delaying uh and then um i've forgotten him already uh yeah vitaski sort of detects that and asks him why he's delaying and if he knows where the keys are let's go and then he you know reveals that you know he's done this over and over again and she always dies and he then makes that decision i think after because she just like wherever we're going to do it and then she dies um he resets and he makes a decision like not to go to her to go through that bit on his own and that was like a cool moment where you see the character kind of grow um as a as an actual uh, character and uh, aside from that, it was also interesting to me to see because uh, I was I had the expectation because when I think Tom Cruise action film, I have a there's a perception of what Tom Cruise in an action film looks like. Yeah. So especially seeing the poster, um, I thought Tom Cruise would be like the finished article. So it was surprising to see him start off as someone who'd never seen combat, who didn't even know how to take the safety off on his on his <laughs> mech suit. Um, oh. <laughs> Sorry, 
I'm just having flashbacks to him trying to turn off the safety and Tunis in like Japanese and it's just yeah. talking to him. He's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and even as he's on the battlefield, he's still trying to work out the safety and he's so happy when he he does actually kill uh, kill someone or kill an, an alien and then he dies so you know <laughs> um but yeah so and another thing that did surprise me just about the film is i know i said it already how i guess under the radar this was because i think we all kind of agree it's, it's a pretty good film mm. but just didn't get any kind of reception at the time um i don't know, don't know why that why that was so yeah i guess the central thing about this film is the the whole time loop so for you guys did you feel it worked and also did you kind of accept that cage was brought back at the very end after he died that final time because i was a bit unsure i mean i get it for like for the film and rounding up in a nice way but i did kind of yeah he went really far back yeah. 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 I kind of <laughs> knew it was going to happen. It was one of those predictable film moments for me. Because, um, like, as soon as the grenade went in, and I was like, right, he's got the pit, like, he let done that on purpose. And then, like, just before it exploded, I was like, wait, what happens when that blue goop goes over him? Like, mm. when are we going to. My question wasn't, like, is time going to reset? It was, when are we going to reset to? um okay and whether like if the i keep forgetting her name if the girl was uh gonna be oh, alive Rita. still yeah i thought maybe like it'd be like oh no she's dead yeah. <laughs> so that bit i was like i was like is she gonna be low or not i'm not sure um but yeah but the actual like some sort of time Thing happening again I was like well that blue group's got to do something right <laughs> yeah and it's all over him so he knew it's got to have some yeah so I was effect. like uh, I'm fine with that <laughs> but what, why was it at that specific moment that it went back to because wouldn't wouldn't it have gone back to when maybe the aliens first invaded or something like that like I don't yeah. understand how that works I feel that was one of those filmmaking conveniences um, yeah. Because when the film, when it started, I guess that was the point at which he, you know, because it's just before he was going to be told that he's joining the fight. So I guess that was a nice safe spot before all the madness from his perspective kind of yeah. started. Yeah, yeah that, back to that makes moment. sense from a movie perspective, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose they could kind of justify it by being like, um, maybe it's like a moment that he thought about, but like, ah, oh, remember when this all started? <laughs> Mm. so maybe he was like thinking i don't know i'm just trying to justify it (laughs) (laughs) trying to find some sort of uh logic there um yeah yeah but i accepted it um in the end actually um interesting fact about um so sergeant rita vritaski so rita is also the name of the woman in groundhog day so i think there was a nod there to all right yeah um i can't remember where i discovered this but in my reading about the film um that came up i had totally forgotten my film memory is not that good totally forgot but um yeah it seems like they gave a uh, a nice nod to i guess the original because groundhog day is really i don't know if there's anything 
before, at least that big before it, where we consider in terms of like time loop films or stories, Groundhog Day always comes up. Yeah, I've still not actually seen Groundhog Day. Oh, <laughs> I've seen that, and I'm usually the one who hasn't seen <laughs> uh, that. Um, but yeah, so I guess the other thing I was kind of thinking of as I was watching uh, the film was trying to pick out different themes um, in it, and you always have certain things with with time loop uh, films, especially one like this where you've got the idea of like war and and troops. So the first thing I was thinking about is this theme of choice, where you have uh, you have Cage because at the beginning he does not want to be part of this. He protests, he protests, and then in the end he's forced to. But then over the process he kind of actually willingly um, takes part and is the one to save um, save the day uh, in the end. So I don't my my question is then, yeah, what do you guys think about that idea, the the theme of choice in there? Um I like think it's pretty cool that he kind of because he's not really a good person before. He's um he'd rather yeah. put other people's lives at risk for his own sake like i don't yeah. know because that is, is his job his job is to sell the war but not yeah but not actually be part of it yeah. yeah and he takes like this backseat and even jokes about it um and he doesn't really hold much respect for the people who are sacrificing their lives <laughs> for everyone for the human race um and then as his character grows as he finds out more about these people and he learns and he gets better at, at combat and he kind of develops into just a better person and then because of his newfound knowledge he then makes his choice his reasons for making choices have changed yeah his motivations yeah yeah i totally get that um so i think it's kind of cool how they they show that in terms of like you know like that as you if you do, as you grow as a person, you can, your motivation for choices can change. Um, mm. And, you know, and there's still going to be tough choices. Um, but I guess it's easier for him to make choices because he knows why he's making them and it, not for selfish reasons as he goes on. Well, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> on the whole. And the selfish ones are less of like a, you know, I'm up on my pedestal and more like he actually cares about people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. He gets that ability. And um, it does make me think whenever I see this, it, it sort of poses the question to the viewer or the or the reader if it's that kind of story, like, you know, what would I do if I had this day like to live over? Which is kind of a deep question. It did make mm. me maybe think like what would I do in that in that situation? To be fair, to to be fair to him a little bit, if I was in that situation at the beginning, I might also question whether I was the right person to join this war. Mm. So I can't judge him too badly because that could be me. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Um, I, do, but yeah. I do like the day that he uh, just goes to the pub. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's another thing as well. Like he, yeah, because he gets frustrated. He's like, what's the point? He leaves yeah. and then realizes actually there is no escaping this. So yeah. now I'm going to come up, so we have to do it. So it kind of, I guess in a way it sort of forces him to make the choice or he sees like what the right choice is and then just like yeah. doubles down into that path. Um, yeah. Also, 
I feel like if you are like constantly living this day over, at one point you're gonna be like, do you know what? I just want a break. <laughs> like, True. Let me just go. Like I would probably go and like I, it's like I can do this again tomorrow, <laughs> day, whatever. So let me just go to your play video games, reset hey, wow. my mind. <laughs> just... Yeah, I, I, because yeah, it's still gonna I've be thought. there. <laughs> that's something I thought about too. Like if you know that you're gonna repeat the same day over and over, like at some point you'll probably try and take a break. <laughs> like a, a couple times and then just go back to it like because okay. you know let me just say you people are terrible <laughs> it's not it's if you're alien, working on any project invasion. then you and should always take goods. time <laughs> to reset and then you can approach the problem with a fresh mind and you'll have better results self-care wow. is important self-care so. is that that's one thing you miss <laughs> <laughs> Um, actually, one of the other themes I did uh, like again around Tom Cruise's character is the idea of the individual versus community because he does start very self-centered, um, only thinking about himself, and then you kind of see him gradually go towards the bigger picture. So once he, you know, realizes he's repeating this uh, this moment and on the battlefield, like you said, uh, Gary, I think you, he starts, you know, trying to avoid certain people dying. Um, yeah. The guy who gets crushed by the the, the, the big, like, plane thingy um, sort of pushes him out of the way. But then I think he has that moment Then he starts to look at the bigger picture because then he just rushes past everyone because he's like, actually, this isn't the thing I need to focus on. The thing I need to focus on is is this war. So he yeah he then grows to be thinking about like the the wider picture uh, of the war. And interestingly, at the yeah at the end when they go into Paris and that last battle, I think he says something like the J Squad have to take one for the team or something like that. Basically, they have to die um, to like they have yeah. to sacrifice themselves. It's like one food. of them asks about what do they do if we see an alpha and it's trying to kill me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that bit, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like him like completely thinking about the bigger picture, whereas at the beginning he was only concerned with himself and self-preservation, where now he's actually saying, you know, you guys are going to have to sacrifice, we're going to have to sacrifice to win this war. Um, so I quite like that theme as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, indeed. And yeah. another thing, um, another observation that you know I I saw in this film is because um, there's there's like thousands of like alien invasion movies probably, um, and you know some people might look at this and say it's an alien invasion movie, but what I liked about it is that like when the movie starts, the alien invasion is already happening, mm. and it's kind of like dropping us into this story that's within the confines of that alien invasion so the movie isn't just you know focused on the actual alien invasion itself yeah Yeah. i get that yeah i agree though yeah it's not i keep forgetting that this film is actually about an alien invasion (laughs) (laughs) because yeah i agree it's yeah and to be honest when i started watching it um i was like doing a few bits around the house as you do when you start watching a film um and I didn't realize it was an alien invasion film until uh, he's on the battlefield and an alien comes out. And I'm like, 
oh, that's what this big world, like <laughs> this big war is about. And that's what they were talking about them. Like, we don't have like Germany anymore and whatever. And I was like, oh, I get it. I thought yeah. it was people. <laughs> that's a good point, actually. I didn't consider that because I guess typically when you have those alien invasion, it, it starts with them approaching like Earth or wherever it might be. And then you see, you know, you get that ominous shot of the big spaceship um and or that ominous shot of the alien or something like that to say you know these aliens are coming watch out it's all about this invasion but yeah like you say this this, this is already that's already happened it's already progressed and now we're focused on uh, this guy and him repeating uh repeating time so yeah i didn't even pick up on that initially and we don't go too much into like the what the aliens are like there's a bit for so that you can understand how they're controlled and how why the time thing but there's not that like it's not that heavy and like these are the aliens and they've come from here and they're and we don't even know why they're invading um and and it makes a point <laughs> mm. to to let us know we don't know why they're invading uh, in the pub and they're like oh they're, it's resources it's oxygen blah 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 and uh tom cruise is just like um uh, does it matter <laughs> yeah it's a good point actually yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think that is pretty cool. That's a good point. Okay, so I guess before we go into our storytelling tips, um, I was seeing that Edge of Tomorrow Two has been talked about. I don't think it's been confirmed yet, but I think it's looking likely. Um, what do you guys want to see, or what, what would you expect to see from it? Is there anything that could be improved, like from this first film? It's mm, a good question. Um, more than uh, I've one person everyone. having the power at once. <laughs> Ooh. How would that work? How would that work? That's, yeah. Yeah, that would be kind of cool if, like, two people ob- obtained the power from the aliens and, like, one person was using it for bad and one person was using it for good kind of thing and they had mm-hmm. to, like, fight each other as well as the aliens. Oh, um, man. I would even thought of that. I like that. Yeah, my mind just got blown. Yeah, I know. I'm, just... <laughs> I'm disappointed if that's not it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gary just set really high expectations. <laughs> the first one had none. The second's got all the expectations. <laughs> well, I don't even think I can top that, you know. Mm. I oh, think um, them going into more detail about... Because when they lose the power, they just kind of know. Um, like... Because we were sitting there watching it, we're like, how did they know when they lost the power? And then when Tom Cruise loses it, it's just like, I felt it go. And I was like, that's so lame. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like some obvious like sign that the characters feel it going or that it's gone. Yeah, I don't know, I feel like there could be more to it. Yeah. And maybe we find out where, where the aliens are from. Maybe it can go more more into the aliens <laughs> yeah i felt like they made the decision that we're not gonna get bogged down in the alien backstory they're just gonna mm. be there so i guess yeah that meant it was a bit light on on that side of things yeah, yeah but i like i like definitely like the um the two people to power at the same time i think i'm excited to see that that would be a big challenge to to show that on screen though like two different people like going back to different days and stuff like yeah i'm trying to think there is something that's done that and i can't think of what it is 
like where two people are going back in time. Oh, um, really? Yeah. It's, there's something there. I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> mm. Just stumped you all. Yeah, I know um, you have. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just trying to think. I don't if there is. I haven't. I don't think I've seen it. I feel like I'd remember something like that. Mm. Maybe it's anime. I feel like it's something anime would do. Okay, we're gonna have to mm. launch an investigation to find yeah. this. Yeah, I want to see it. So. If anyone can think of anything, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, if anyone does know what that is, please. Um, cool. So, alright. So with that discussion, we're gonna pick out something to talk about in terms of storytelling for people looking to make their own stories so I guess the obvious thing here is the time plot device so that's what this whole film is structured about and uh, it just so happens that so I've been reading uh, John Truby's The Anatomy of Story um, book just like slowly making my way through that and I just passed a section about sort of time in the story world so you have this concept about different ways to utilize time when you're telling your stories so you have stories for example that have that take place in a day or take place in over a season and the different seasons kind of map to the progression of the of the story uh, and then you've got this idea of time as an endpoint. So this is the stories where you set it up as sort of this particular action has to be completed by a certain time or disaster. And that is what Edge of Tomorrow uses. So it sets up from the beginning. You've got this big battle that fails. So when it resets, when everything resets, the viewer, in this case, knows that Tom Cruise has to sort this out before this time. So we all know what's going to happen at this time. And yeah, it's just a bit, it was a weird coincidence I'd been reading about that as um, just before watching this film, um, because it's also something that we're looking to do with our next manga after Hot Lunch, which is 11th Hour, which has been long, uh, long, long in the making, but that's going to be the next one. And that takes place around the concept of time. So there's going to be something that happens that is going to happen by a certain time and the characters have to sort of act before them. So it was interesting to see it in, um, uh, in this film. And then specifically with the time loop aspect of it, I think we kind of all agree that it, it worked. It wasn't too convoluted. We kind of, we got it. We got as much as we needed to know. Um, so I, I guess what I wanted to get across is for people who are making their own stories and looking to introduce this time loop concept, there are a few things that I felt worked particularly well. And I think some of them we've touched on, but I just thought it's worth bringing up um, again. So you had that whole idea of linking sort of this, this time loop thing to the idea of choice and um, also fate, like, because there's certain things that always happen when um, the day is reset and certain things that, you know, he has to go through um, and then that's what he's navigating. So you have the idea, you know, is, is this all sort of predestined and, um, and what choices do I have within that? <laughs> so that's one sort of aspect I quite, um, I quite liked, but um the other thing, so you've got to keep in mind, is 
what happened in Edge of Tomorrow is when the film starts, you kind of set up the world, so the normal order uh, of things. So we all know who he is, where he's going, and what he's been tasked with. So joining this war that he doesn't want uh, want to join. Uh, and then what that does when you repeat, it allows us to see what things have changed in a normal order because we've got that like baseline. And, and then the second thing um, to do after you've set up the world, you then, like we mentioned, show the character changing. So uh, Cage goes from being this self-serving, non-sacrificing, um, terrible person. And by the end, he's sort of fighting for the good of, of mankind. But over, those, over that process, you kind of see him go from learning the, the pathway, like we mentioned before, um, but he's still lacking. Um, and it's only sort of later on you see him go through actually becoming a better fighter but also a better person. And like I touched on earlier, you had that scene where he decides not to approach Rita um, when he knows she will die, because by this point he'd sort of developed feelings for her and he cares about her. And um, he's making that decision sort of because he doesn't want to uh, see her die. But then even at the end of the, of the film, when he tells J-Squad that they're going to have to sacrifice for the greater good, and this is something that he, you know, that character at the beginning never would have done, like, at all. So you've got those ideas of um, setting up the world so we know, like, how things are and what's changed. And then using the the time loop mechanic to show the character changing, not just learning the steps of what's already going to happen, but actually changing as a character uh, and becoming a better person um, because of it. So do you guys have anything to add to that or? Wow, you you sum that up like so well that I, I don't even think I can top that. Yeah. All right, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, time's a, a tricky one to uh, to do. I've not done it myself in that way. So yeah, if anyone has used time or time loops in their stories, let us know how you found it or any tips that you would give as well. Yeah, as a uh, as a writer myself, like I'm, I've always been afraid of the whole um, time element, like mm. time traveling and stuff, because like it's so easy to mess up or you know um, create plot holes and things like that. So yeah, I I stay away from it. Completely. I've also avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy things with time. Uh, big Doctor Who fan so Um, but yeah I think a really interesting use of time because something he was saying about using uh, time without a time loop um, is when stories go through um, a series of events that happen over an amount of time but you only get part of the information um, and then it kind of takes you back and goes well actually here's the bits that you didn't know leading up to this event. Yeah, I like those. Those kind of moments of revelation that you get in the, following the story. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, yeah, hopefully those tips are helpful to you. So we're kind of reaching the end of our discussion about Edge of Tomorrow. Um, and we're going to talk a bit about our guest. Uh-oh. Yeah. 
Um, so, Gary, what are, have you got like any news at the moment for you or the coalition? Obviously, you've got your new book. Um, we'd love to hear more about that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, in terms of the coalition, um, as I explained earlier, you know, it's a, a video game publication. Um, we do different things. We've been to E3 and, you know, we cover video games and stuff. Um, we're still going at the moment. Our podcast is on a break just because we're trying to come up with new ideas to, you know, produce our content and things like that. And in 2020, we're, we're planning like a huge change where we're going to shift to uh, doing mainly video podcasts and streaming stuff. So uh, we're just currently working on that at the moment. And, you know, we're going to overhaul the, compl the the whole website completely and stuff. Cool. Um, so that's what we're working on at the coalition. Uh, and yeah, um, I also re released a book this year called Descendant of the Elders. And um, it's the first entry in what I call the Realm Blender series. And uh, this is, you know, the, the theme for this series is basically mixing um, space opera with epic fantasy. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of sci-fi, a lot of magic and, you know, kind of medieval settings as well kind of thing. It's like merging two different realms together. Um, so the, the actual plot for Descendant of the Elders is uh, basically a space marine called Brandon Watson. Um, he's he's tasked with a mission to um, find some marines that have gone missing. Um, so he goes to this planet looking for them and um, he quickly discovers that uh, some of his fellow marines have kind of gone rogue and uh, something happens and he ends up um, you know um, he ends up lost in this mys mysterious realm um, that's nothing like you know the Milky Way where, where we are um, so yeah uh, in this realm he discovers that you know one of his uh, fellow marines has gone rogue and he has his own uh, motives for for entering this other realm and it has to do with you know magic and things like that so uh, the thing is with this story uh, it's very personal because uh, the main character Brandon also has uh, sickle cell anemia which is something that I suffer with uh, so you know, it's basically showing how some somebody with a chronic illness would navigate these situations. And um, ultimately, I just want it to be like a, a, a fun escapism kind of journey that blends, you know, sci-fi fantasy together. Um, so, yeah, there's, you know, there's a lot going on in, in story. There's a lot of magic. Uh, there's a lot of adventure. And, you know, um, it's very, I, I try to focus mostly on the characters and bringing out, you know, these different characters and showing how they interact with each other, knowing that they're from different backgrounds and things like that. So, yeah, uh, that's Descendant of the Elders. I also have a no novella um, out called Starfade, which is set in the same universe and um, it, it actually happens while the Descendant of the Elders story is, is happening. So it's, it's focused on a different character in the Milky Way. And um, it's about a female hacker named Chiaki. And, you know, she's basically roped into to, to pulling off a data heist, um, you know, on this mysterious planet kind of thing. And she soon finds out that um, the organization that has forced her into, you know, um, stealing this data 
has strong links to, you know, um, the reason why her brother was murdered, basically. So there's a conspiracy going on there. And it all kind of ties into the descendants of the elders plot line as well. So, so yeah, uh, those are my book projects. They sound great. I like that um, you're representing um, like a character with chronic illness without it being what it's about. <laughs> yeah, that that was important for me because um, although you know the character he suffers from sickle cell the chronic illness, I didn't want the whole thing to be about that. I just wanted it to, you know, because I'm a big sci-fi and fantasy fan, so that was what I wanted to do first and foremost. I wanted to make, you know, a good sci-fi fantasy story that uh, people who enjoy that genre will will enjoy the book. Um, but, you know, I also wanted to make it sort of personal to me as well by adding that element to it, but it doesn't, you know, overshadow the, the whole story and it doesn't beat the reader over the head by, you know, kind of um, forcing them to to know what sickle cell is about and stuff. So, yeah, that was uh, kind of important to me to do it that way. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, OK, uh, so uh, we didn't get any questions, which is fine, <laughs> but <laughs> please send in questions for next time. Um, but no, if you do like have any thoughts um, about Edge of Tomorrow or anything we've discussed today, we'd love to hear from you about that. We'd love to get involved with conversations with you um, because, you know, I, I want to know if everyone finds like found Edge of Tomorrow as like a really good film <laughs> because we have definitely been pleasantly surprised. But yeah, there's just a um, whole bunch of surprised people out there like, for Edge of Tomorrow, like let's make a support group for this yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah but you can for the next episode send your feedback to feedback at myamada.com or you can um hit us up on social media um at myamada on twitter uh and at myamada tees on instagram or for me it's just at tazzy at both i'm easy like that <laughs> I did have a quick question, quickly, if that's okay. Oh, yeah. um, surprise question. Yeah, surprise question. So, like, when I, you know, revealed that I was going to be on the show, uh, one of, <laughs> excuse me, one of my followers, um, Illustrated Dio, um, he actually had a question because he's read the actual uh, Japanese novel that Edge of Tomorrow was based on. Uh, oh, we called... have forgot to mention that. Yeah, it's yeah. called All You Need Is Kill. Um, so I wanted to ask you, did any of you read it? Because he, his question was basically, how does the movie hold up, um, in comparison? But, you know, I haven't read the novel, so I really couldn't answer that question. So I didn't yeah. even know it existed. Um, so <laughs> I might have to put that on my reading list. Thank you. Yeah, we have, yeah, totally buried the lead. So it is based on a, so it's a Japanese novel that then got turned into a manga and then got turned into a film. Uh, with Tom Cruise so I also have not read it but I was about to pick it up like even way before we um, decided to do this as the topic uh, I just haven't it's on my reading list so I haven't got to it so I was thinking we can potentially do a future episode where about the manga and then make that comparison so unfortunately it seems like none of us have read it but at some point in the future I think we might come back and cover that that'd be awesome definitely let me know when that happens yeah 
All right, nice. Well, we have reached the end of the show. So just say a thank you to Gary for uh, joining us today and telling us about thank the you work you do as well. No, no problem. Um, so yeah, so we are going to be releasing this episode as usual on Patreon first and then 24 hours later on SoundCloud. So if you are uh, someone who likes joining and supporting patrons, you can out ours. Uh, and then over time, we'll be uh, adding ways to support the uh, podcast and help shape it uh, for future because this is still a relatively new thing for us. So we're just working on building out our, our network. So yeah, check that out. And like I mentioned at the top, we do make stories. So you can check out our manga at mymatter.com forward slash manga. You'll see Samurai Chef and Serious and later in the year, Hot Lunch will also be available. Actually, no way, it's available for pre-order right now. So check out um, our manga. And we also have Gamepad coming up. So for anyone who is into video games, you can check out gamepad.events for our next event, which is on September the 28th. Um, I just put up today, in fact, all the games that are going to be playable. So you can head to that website for tickets uh, and information on location uh, and games. So our next episode um, is going to be featuring Jason and Rich from the Wulong Talks podcast. And we're going to be discussing phase four of the MCU and more storytelling tips. So join Ooh. us for that. Um, other than, yeah, I'm looking forward to like just getting into that. So um, definitely stay tuned for that. So yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. Our email address is feedback at mymatter.com. We release episodes twice a month, Tuesdays on Patreon and Wednesdays on SoundCloud and everything else. So you can check us out at soundcloud.com slash story x story. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>